0: Those kind of like um, traditional art, they, they have higher respect for those traditional art. So I, you can say that I have a certain low esteem in the kind of art that I produce because people call that lowbrow art. And, and some people even argue that that is not real art because it's digital art and things like that.
1: Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Pursuit Passion Podcast, produced by MPart Media and hosted by myself Hamish Hallett, where I interview individuals pursuing their passions to the fullest. In this episode, I was joined by Irene Co, in a conversation all about how she stumbled into illustration by chance. We also covered if being an artist is a non-essential job, leaving comfortability, and what Irene finds most rewarding regarding her passion. So sit back, relax, and let's pursue this passion. Hello, Irene Kaur. Welcome to In Pursuit of Passion. How are you doing today?
0: Hi, Hamish. I'm good. I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to uh, In Pursuit of Passion. And I really want to know, like, why do you do what you do?
0: I actually got into illustration by, it's not an intentional choice because initially I was dancing a lot. You can say dancing was my passion. But um, along the way, my knees couldn't take it anymore. So um, so I left with no passion at all. And, and I'm not sure whether you know it or not. When you lose your passion, it's, it, it, it can be depressing. Mm. So my friend actually encu- uh, encouraged me to take up drawing because she saw my illustration and thought, well, maybe I should give it a try. So uh, she even gave me a sketchbook. So I was like, okay, let's give it a try. Then I started off with pencil portrait. yeah, And then I went on to caricature, digital painting and went on to back the drawing and then all this took a long time, like 10 years. So unknowingly it has become my passion and I didn't know when it started.
1: That's so fascinating because, you know, you're not the first person who said that to me because oftentimes we have guests who yes, might have found their passion originally, let's say their upbringing, whereas others have found their passion out of chance, you know, and I think with you, it's like a perfect example. What was your first drawing?
2: Um, uh, uh, it's a portrait of a, of a, of a Hong Kong star that, oh. that night I was having
0: a, an insomnia. So I was like, I, I think I was like 14 years old. That time I didn't know that drawing was my passion, uh, was my passion. So I, I just took a pencil and started drawing a photo from the newspaper. So it, mm. it just happened that he looks very handsome. So I just, <laughs> but it turned out very ugly, but it's okay. But I saved it. And then um, when I started drawing the th- uh I told you my friend gave me a sketchbook, right? That was like when I was already in my 2007. I was 30 or 20, 30s, I think, 30s. So that is like 10 to 20 years later, 10, 10 plus years later. So mm. that was my very first
2: drawing, but I kept it until today.: Yeah, why have you kept it t- until today?: first portrait
0: drawing of anyone. So I thought it doesn't look good, but somehow I just kept it. so mm. yeah, not, right now it's like when I look back, wow, so much improvement and I yeah.
1: That's what I was, I was actually about to say, actually. It, it must be the reason maybe why you, you kept it then is because it's a way to sort of look back and see how far you come. Because sometimes if you look back at something and you look back at it and be like, it mm, doesn't look very good, you now look at your work and say, actually, it looks really, really good. It shows that progression, that improvement. So that's that's so interesting. I think that's something that I think a lot of our audience should do. If that's creative, if that's a podcast, if that's whatever... Whatever it may be, to sometimes have that little thing that you started off. Because interesting enough, I listened back to my first ever episode of this podcast actually, not a few few weeks back. And um, listening back, I was like, "Oh my god, I've improved so much." You know, so it's 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 interesting when you kind of said that. Um, but then there's a, there's another part of your story that I really want to kind of get into, which is you kind of got into the financial services. Um, what originally made you go into financial services?
2: Drawing
0: was like very late into my life. I started only when I was around late twenties or thirties. I can't remember. I think it was in, Let's assume that it was in my thirties. So before that, um, I, when I was young, like when I was in my teens, I took up a holiday job. Then I went to a trading company, and so I I got in. I got to know about trading, that was Forex trading. So I thought that was very interesting. I get the chance to play with the station, to look at the chart, the, the candlesticks and everything. Then I get to know about the currencies of different countries. So I thought that was like very interesting. So I talked to the manager and he told me that if you want to get into trading, you must learn economics. So I kept his word in mind and I took up economics in my university and I graduated with uh, uh, economics honours. So I went into finance, financial market, but I did not manage to get into forex trading. So I started my career with equity trading and mm. so and, and I just stayed in the industry for like over 20 years.
2: Wow, that's a very I long time.
0: Um, Oh, uh, I in between I, I switch different jobs. So it's like, um, I work in trading firm, I work in banks, I work in consulting firm. So it's about um, three or four jobs in between.
1: This is what I find quite, um, yeah, just fascinating is, is how like you, you kind of go into, you have a, you're a very creative person and yet you went into the financial services. Okay. Like two opposite, right? I
0: was in when I was in finance, right?
1: Yeah. I was
0: dancing. That was the period when I was dancing. So dancing was my form of ah, expression.
1: Ah, gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. So okay, interesting. Right now, now it makes sense. Then, so you, just to understand, just to, just for my own understanding, then you were a dancer, um, but then you were still part of the financial services. But then, because of your needs, as you said at the beginning of our conversation. You couldn't do dancing anymore, and then you found illustration from there while still doing financial services. Yes, is that correct? From, okay. when I was
0: I'm right. I was like more of a uh, more of a maths and science student. Very very uh. large. So um, as I went into finance, and then I got into dance, then I during my adult life, I find that I slowly become more and more. Inclined to the arts rather than the mathematical part. So,
2: mm.
0: towards the end of my career, I was actually feeling very bored. And I want, there was a period of time that I actually wanted to quit my job and do dancing full time. In fact, there was a short period of time where I quitted my job to join my dance company, but as, a, a, an, as an admin person, so, but then it doesn't turn out because through that experience, I find that um, maybe I shouldn't make my passion my job because I was very unhappy that time. So mm. I went back to finance, but I still kept dancing. So I was very happy until I couldn't dance anymore. Yeah. But at that time I took up drawing and then i started my business and then i got bored with finance again i think some th- the, the interest just died off so the, mm. the older i became the more so called artistic i became
1: yeah you you said something quite interesting how you got bored what would you what, why would you say you got bored are you someone who gets bored quite easily or does it or does it take quite a long time for you to get bored of something
0: um actually there was uh. There was an incident that caused me to become disillusionized, disillusioned with the industry. So, um, so I, from from trading, I went into consulting, uh, and a consulting firm. So it's still in the finance industry, but it's a different job already. So the job itself, right? Um, what I was required to do is to read their financial report and write story based on their report so because it's like um for us investors or normal people when we read the accounts and we when we read their uh, financial report they actually doesn't make sense to us so what I do is I translate those numbers into stories so I was actually in a storytelling role
2: mm. uh,
0: so so if so yeah even my boss called me the writer instead of
2: consultant.
0: My work became more and more, um, you can say I I train up my writing a lot during that time. So it's more of a arts job also, I would call it. Just that Mm. in a different industry than most of the writers.
1: Yeah. It seems like you kind of integrated that deep passion of yours of like being quite creative, being quite, but also as, as we said at the near sort of before... Coming on, going on live. Your sort of um, passion for learning as well, and you sort of changed. You brought some of that creativity into into a, like another sector which wasn't as creative. And I find that's really fascinating because I think a lot of people often think because I'm in financial services, I can only do this one way, and that's it. However, with you, it's like you brought in that creative side into the financial sector, which not many people would, would do because maybe they're scared, maybe because they think I've because you know they attach the financial services as a non-creative role, whereas actually you can bring in the creativity. What kind of made you actually bring that creativity into the financial uh, sector?
0: Uh, to be honest, that was not a choice because that was my oh, job. Right. Because I was, Fair. I was, my job was to, to my full title is actually. Um, investors relations consultant so my job is to help the investors co- community understand the companies that we are helping to to bring to the investors and to actually um, answer your previous question that you say do i get bought easily i think you can say i get bought easily but within in a in a certain arena there's actually a lot of different things to learn like in the finance industry there are a lot of different fields and then um, when you change your job your role changes so this is like this is the reason why you, I can stay in, a, in the job for a very long time and yet still um, staying there but there, because there are, there are new things to learn and also because I'm also doing my dance so there are still things to keep me occupied and yeah. for things like dancing, you will never get bored because you are learning new things every time, every session.
1: Just to then relate to your decision of like leaving the financial services, how hard was it to leave the financial service industry and pursue illustration as a, as a passion?
0: It was not hard at all. Because you, you remember I said towards the end, I was actually getting very bored. But yeah. I stayed on because um, my boss, he's a very good boss. He, I think he is very capable and I like him because he also is a very nice person. Yeah. So I stayed because of him. And um when he decided that he doesn't want to continue, I we, we just um we I just left the company and that's what he wanted me to do. So um the only decision that I made was not to find another job but instead concentrate on my uh illustration uh art business. Because Mm -hmm. before that, um, uh, I told you I stopped dancing, right? And I took up drawing. And it was like 10 years later, I started my art business. So um, when I started my art business, I was doing my financial job at the same time. So um, when my boss say, um, let's call it quit. So I say, okay, then I will concentrate on what I'm doing now.
1: So it was quite a, a mutual decision really which is good because I feel like oftentimes um we it, it it's hard to make that decision because I think some people it's it's it, sometimes it's never even a decision because sometimes it's just like yeah i've just I've just decided to leave um and it's never like a decision whereas others find it very difficult to sort of leave a particular situation because it doesn't serve them however they are so stuck in this sort of um this comfort zone as they call it where they just as even if I want to leave, I'm going to lose the comfortability, I'm going to lose that wage, I'm going to lose, you know, the surroundings that I'm so used to into something that is very unknown. So with you, I, will, I kind of want to ask you, because I think there's a lot of people who are listening who are in that similar situation as you were in. What is your piece of advice to those who, let's say, want to leave their job or want to pursue something else, but are afraid to do so? Okay,
0: um, many people have asked me before because um, they thought that I I live because they thought that I left my job um, to concentrate on my art business. The thing is, I was very comfortable in my job because it gave me a stable pay every month. Then mm. my my art business is actually a side hustle. Yeah. So the job gave me the stability that I don't have to worry about my finance. So if you want to quit your job to concentrate on whatever you are passionate in. I think the first thing that you have to think about is whether you will get that kind of financial anxiety, because let's say if you are Mm -hmm. going into something that is not going to give you consistent income, are you able to take that kind of stress whereby you don't don't know when is your next paycheck coming in? Like for example, my husband, he actually loves to have his own business, but he cannot stand that kind of instability. For me, Mm -hmm. I can
2: So. Um,
0: another reason is also because I don't spend a lot of money and I think I can live without a lot of um, cushion. My, my As in, my expenses are very low. So I actually don't mind having a steep pay cut and things like that because I think even without that paycheck, I'm not going to feel anxiety every day. If you're going to feel anxious every day, I think you wouldn't be doing great in your, whatever pursuit that you're going
1: through. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's such a good piece of advice because I think oftentimes, you know, maybe you've seen this through social media or society. Now it's like, there is this absolute push now for everyone to become entrepreneurs or become their own boss, as they say, and you know, leave the corporate world, become, go, go on your own basically, but yet. These exact people don't have, as you said, sometimes they like the financial resources to, or even like the mindset to cope with the anxieties and the quite stressful situation that becomes with it in terms of leading your own business. And I think what you said in terms of, you know, really think about it, is this change of path going to financially provide me enough stability or is it is it going to provide me too much stress? You know, that I think is the kind of questions I think people should be asking themselves. I think that's amazing advice, really, really amazing advice. And to relate this a bit more then to your passion for illustration, which aspect of your passion do you find most rewarding and why?
0: Uh, I think my answer is going to be very typical. The most rewarding part will be the part whereby you finish your illustration and you look at it and you see, wow, I actually did that.
1: You
0: know, it's like <laughs> yeah. Very uh, arrogant, or what? I think no, no, that's not
1: arrogance at all. No, 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 no that's not arrogant at all. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not. It's not at all. I just no. feel
0: with pride. Right. I mean, especially after some time when you look back, you were like, "Wow, I did this! Oh my god, mm-hmm. I'm so good." Okay. Anyway, yeah, that is the best part for me. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, seeing the result that you got.
1: Yeah. Why is that, actually? Why is that? Why do you like, why is that out of all the aspects, if that's the drawing part, if that's the process behind it, if that's, you know, putting on social media, why the aspect, as you said, of like looking at it, of the finished product, why that particular aspect do you find the most rewarding?
0: I think many people, they have like um, things that they like. And when they see something, they will be so envied that oh, I wish I have this. So for me, it's like whenever I look at other people's drawing, I was like oh, I wish I can do that, you know. So for me, it's like if I see my work and I like my work, I was like oh, you did this. So it's like maybe there's an intrinsic interest in in good art that I have, so I I can appreciate nice drawing, nice illustration. And, and even if it is not illustration, when you go to the shop, when you're shopping, you just see very cute stuff, you will be like, Oh, it's so cute. (laughs) It's just a, it's just a very natural interest in things that you like. Just like when you love to dance and when you see people dancing, you'll be like, Oh, I wish I'm there.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that sort of natural curiosity, isn't it? It seems from what you're, from what I'm getting, from what I'm hearing, it seems it's that curiosity. Mm-hmm. Or no
0: curiosity? I'm not sure. It's just like the 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 desire to be better, to be that good. When you see people perform something that you want to do, mm-hmm. you'll be like, "Oh, I wish I can do that." So, so um, yeah, it's like it's like just another level that you want to achieve.
1: Yeah. What's in, what's quite, um, I mean, I'm using interesting quite a lot to this conversation. So I'm trying to think of another word for interesting. I'm like trying to find a cinnamon, like a different word for it. But like, what I find fascinating then is you, you sort of have been saying quite a lot during that last response was saying, you know, I wish I was able to like create that, or I wish I was able to do that. And really my question in my head is, from that is like, did you ever slightly not have the confidence in yourself to oh, create that's... these drawings?
2: Oh, the time, at all? No, really.
1: You have confidence. I
2: I have
0: confidence, but I am also okay. I'm confident in the sense that if you ask me to draw anything, I can draw anything, given the time. I believe everybody can do anything that they want, but I am also very um. I admire people who can do the things that I want to do.
1: Ah, right, okay. So yeah, you. I, make sense. Yeah, you, make, uh, you yeah, I think you are making sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, because this is the thing, because you said you wish. So I was just like thinking, like, was there, was there not a part of you that wasn't confident enough to create drawings because you said, oh, I wish I could do that because I, you didn't have that. You didn't feel like you had the ability to create that. That's what I'm trying to ask. That's what I'm trying to un- understand is like, did you have like a lack of confidence at all during your pursuit of your passion with your illustration? Or were you, as you said, were you always confident during a pursuit of your passion?
2: Um, if you, um, uh, how do I put it? Um, I am confident in, in my ability to do everything,
0: to do anything that you ask me to draw, but if you were to ask me, am I good? I would not be confident of saying that I'm good because I know I'm not. not, Okay, because I know a lot of people can do better than me. And I can use the whole list of people, of masters who can do very, very good things that at this stage I can't do. Or at least if I were to do the same thing, it may take me another 10 years.
2: Mm. Gotcha.
0: That's what I mean. And I, I believe every. Everybody can draw anything, can do anything if they want, given the time. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I think, I think, um, I think it's now making a bit more sense to me now. It, it seems like you're quite humble, you know, because you, as as much as you can say, yes, I can draw anything. If I said to you, "Are you a good drawer?" You'll kind of want to be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a good drawer," but you don't want to come across too arrogant or too like too. Is it, that's this is what I'm kind of I'm trying to understand. It. it kind of seems like it's from that humbleness for that you're trying to portray. It's like yes, you want to be you want to say yes, you can draw anything, but you also want to be humble enough to admit no, I am good at what I do, but I'm not the best. Does that make sense? Um,
0: I I don't think it's humble because. Yeah. I thought I'm quite arrogant because nobody, I mean, not nobody, but, uh, but usually people don't say I can do anything. And I, I can understand why, why is that. So, but I really do think I can do anything given time. The, 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 the critical thing is whether you want to do it, you want to spend time doing the thing that you were challenged to do. Gotcha. So if anyone were to challenge me, of course I can do it, but what's
1: the timeline, what's the deadline that I'm given? Ah, gotcha, right, okay. Okay, I think, I think that makes more sense now. So it's more like, yes, you are, you have the ability to do something, um, but it's, all, it's also about, like, the circumstances that you are in, right? So you'd rather say, yeah, I can do everything, but I'm not, I'm not I don't want to, like, push myself all the way to saying, yes, I can absolutely do everything, because it depends That's on the awesome. circumstances that you're in.
0: Sometimes it's, is whether you want to do it or not.
1: Like, mm, true. Says,
0: oh, of course I can, but do I want to do it? No, thanks. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes you're just like, oh, I can't, I can't really be bothered to draw this. So actually that's, that's, that comes with a good question then. Do you have times where you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to draw. Have there, has there yes. been times when you're, yeah. Can you describe me a time at all?
0: I think I have the very bad habit of, um, let's say if I'm drawing, I want to keep drawing. And if I do not draw, I tend to not draw. I think it's Newton's first law. (laughs) And an object at rest tends to stay at rest. So whenever I'm resting, if you ask me to draw, it's very hard for me to get going. But once I started, things get easier. So even sometimes you don't want to stop. So it's like, uh, of course, all the time. Is there any time that I do want to draw a lot of time, and yeah. it's often, often?
1: Mm-hmm. Is but that definitely... make... sorry? Yeah. sorry. Make...
0: yeah. it's okay.
1: Yeah. Now that, that that I think is interesting because I think a lot of us have that struggle as well, where oftentimes it's like once we, we it's like we, we want to put something off for as long as possible, or we don't want to start it. And it's like oh, I don't want to start it. However, once we get started. It's fine. Like, I know I, I have that complete feeling. It's like, especially with like my writing, for example, once I write one sentence, I can get going. It's fine. Mm. But sometimes, like, literally the one first word is the most difficult word to write. And maybe with you, I don't know, the the same analogy with you. Maybe it's like the first little, I don't know, draw part of the drawing. Once, it, once you do like a little line, you then start going or something like that. I don't know. Um, but then how do you, this is interesting then, how do you then... Um, Combats like when you don't feel like drawing, how do you combat that?
0: For me, is the reason, let's say if I want to uh, complete a, uh, an artwork by a certain date, mm. that is a very compelling reason. So uh, let's say if I want to launch a collection by Christmas, I have to do it by this date, okay, then, mm. Interesting. then there's no problem because it's yeah. like, you have a reason why you want to do it or let's say someone's birthday is coming out to draw an art for her. So I have a reason. So that will get me going.
1: Fair enough. So it's sort of like putting those personal deadlines in to say, right, right. I I, will, I want to get this done by X day. And by that doing that, it sort of like motivates you to then go towards that direction really, which is, I think it, it is very important because I think oftentimes it's also making that agreement to ourselves as well. So by making that agreement to ourselves, it's like, we we kind of have to do it. Because if not, we're letting us we're letting the most important person down, which is ourselves, right. And to sort of relate back to your pursuit of your passion, has there been an achievement or milestone that you've achieved that took you by surprise at all?
0: Um, I would say that my milestone or or achievement would be my business. Because Mm -hmm. that is like totally out of my expectation
2: mm-hmm.
0: because um, like I say, I I didn't know I was a, an art person. Yeah. So yeah, I would never have guessed that I would take this road in my life. And and being in Singapore, um, artist is not a very popular option as a career, especially mm-hmm. when you started in finance. And yeah, because uh, I'm not sure whether you're You you know about this news that in to twenty twenty, the the job of an artist right was ranked the top non essential job in Singapore.
1: Really, wow! I did not no I did not know that at all. That's interesting. Wow, I learned something today. Then done.
0: Yeah. So um, and that was the year I started my my own website, my own art business. On my own website because before that I was like on other people's platform like Etsy, Amazon. Yeah, that was the year I started my so-called formal website. Mm. former current website.
1: Because you said something quite interesting where you said about how um, you never expected to have a business. Why did you not expect expect it to happen?
0: Because all along I've been that that science and net girl in mm. class until. I was like in my 30s, then I, I discovered that, yeah, I'm less and less number inclined. I'm more and more art inclined. So, mm, yeah. So I think this is a very great achievement for me because I would never have thought that I could have made it as a artist. And I have problem calling myself artist in the very beginning. That leads back to your question, whether you feel... Inconfident of yourself hmm. the previous Yeah, because it's like, in my mind, artist is a very heighty, mighty job.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's and, true.
0: and because I'm not from art school, all the artists that, or, or most of the artists that I know, they actually started drawing since young and then they want to be an artist since they were a kid. I am not like that at all. In fact, as you know, I stumbled into it. Mm, and absolutely. I learned everything on my own. Am I good enough to call myself an artist? And then when you thought that, Hey, I'm good enough, then you saw other people out doing better job that you were like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe
2: not now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I think you should, I think you are absolutely able to call yourself an artist and a very good artist. Cause I've seen your work and it's amazing. Have that It's really good. Yeah, no, it is. No, literally, you know, you know, B is. It, it's so interesting from this conversation because you're very, I know, I know you said you you, you want, you don't want to say you're humble. Cause you know, you're, you are good at what you do. I know. And that's good to have that self-confidence in yourself, but you're not someone who like wants to scream off the rooftops and be like, I am very good at, at what I do. You're very assured of yourself that you don't need to say all the time that you're an amazing artist. But I think it's, it's great to see that sort of, um, That sort of confidence in yourself, which is amazing. Um, But when sorry, I'm
0: very surprised that you actually said that this is very good art because I thought the art that I do is more like kids' art. You know? (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. That like mm, people usually tends to look at things like realistic drawing or, or painting, gosh, painting those kind of like um, traditional art, they, they have higher respect for those traditional art. So I you can say that I have a certain low esteem in the kind of art that I produce because people call that lowbrow art. And, mm. and some people even argue that that is not real art because it's digital art and things like that. Yeah. But for me, it's like, okay, whatever. I'm happy with what I'm doing. So
1: I'm good. I mean, and, that, and that's the most important thing you know, why Why should we... I mean, this is the thing, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I just, I don't, I actually don't like traditional art personally. I think traditional art is really, it's slightly a bit obscure and very like, it's not as... I don't know. I, I, I If I invite someone on to this podcast who's a traditional artist, they might not come on now by me saying this, but I don't, I just don't find it as interesting. Whereas when I was looking at your art, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually super cool. It's very graphical. I think that's what I prefer personally. It's not me saying that I think traditional art is bad or anything. It's just, you know, my own personal taste. And I think that's why I sort of, when I looked at your art, I was like, you know what, I actually want to interview you to really understand what made you get here. And so far, this has been such a fascinating conversation really to understand. You said something really interesting where you said how in Singapore, when you said in 2020, how um, being an artist was the number one um, job saying that it was like non-essential. How correct. did yeah? How did that make you feel? Because that must have been really quite a yeah, quite quite a, a what's, what's the words? Yeah, it must have made you feel a bit upset by it at all, or not really.
0: Actually, it made a lot of people very upset, especially the artists. But yeah. for me, it's like um, yeah, I don't think you're correct. But if that's what you think is fine with me, I'm not going to argue. I can make my own own living. I'm happy with where I am. So even if you think that I'm not essential, it's okay. I think wait till one day you have no images on your computer and your, your surrounding is filled with like empty space and then you don't have nice clothes in your wardrobe. You will see how important it is. But right <laughs> now, the, the, the thing is, we, the, the art is so prevalent and so common and the application is so white and vast that most of the people forget that it's everywhere imagine playing your game without graphics oh my god so yeah mm. and during uh, the pandemic so yeah. i don't think
2: anyone
0: can survive
1: oh totally i mean this is the one thing i feel i think it, I, it's a crazy stat how um singapore put that in by saying being an artist is a, is a non-essential thing whereas i think most jobs are essential. All jobs are. I actually, to be honest, this is going to be quite a bold statement to make. I think all jobs are essential because they make society what it is, you know, this creative, you know, if it's being a service worker, that's being an artist like yourself, it all, it all helps massively within this whole sort of society, really. So I think, you know, all jobs are essential, really. And one thing I really wanted to know about you, um, and this is again, a question that I think will really help our audience here at In Pursuit Passion, like what is your one golden rule for pursuing your passion and how can others do the same?
2: I think different people have different different
0: ways of pursuing their passion. Yeah.
2: I don't have a rule to
0: say that someone must follow, but I think if you like something, you just
2: do it. If
0: you do not, maybe you will regret someday. So if you like something, just go for it.
2: Don't yeah.
1: you
0: need to ask anyone's permission unless you're like a
1: kid. Yeah, don't ask for anyone's permission to pursue what they p- to pursue what you love. I think that's a great that's a great piece of advice because I think oftentimes we want permission from others to like pursue something. It's like oh, or, or even like sometimes a lot of us need that sort of push to sometimes go towards exactly. something that we love. You know, whereas actually sometimes we don't really need that permission. We just have to go for it because you know no one's going to tell you. To do it so you might as well tell yourself to do it definitely have you been that person then actually um who's been able to pursue their passion without someone's out someone else's permission or has it been or did you have to be that person who had someone else to push you forward to your passion if that makes sense
0: i think when i was young i was very fortunate that my parents don't really force me to do anything or yeah and and when i want to do something they can't stop me <laughs> so I'm quite independent in a sense, so yeah. when I have to do something even if they try to stop me, they cannot really stop
2: me yeah.
0: so when I grow up, if I want to do something, my husband cannot stop me and let me think um, but sometimes I do need that that affirmation that mm. someone would say something encouraging because you might not be very firm in what you want to do. So you just want to hear something, to someone to tell you, yes, go for it. you yeah. like it, do it. But maybe you have already decided you just need someone to tell you yes. And even if they say no, you're going to be like, maybe I'll ask another person. <laughs> that kind of thing. So you already know your answer. Sometimes you just want someone to affirm it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, t- totally. I think it's. it seems with you, it's you're very like, very, um. what's the word? The word now has completely lost my head now. But you're very someone who's very sort of driven and knows what you want kind of thing, which is good. And you're very sort of, I mean, through this conversation already, you're very, you're self-aware, you're very self-confident in your own ability. And you kind of know most of the time, like what path to go down. You know, you don't need a, someone else's permission to do so, which is, You know, very good, and I think you know it's great to hear from that. And my last question then to you is, and we often ask this question to all of our guests. I really, I'm quite interested to hear your response. What does passion mean to you?
0: I don't have a very um, philosophical answer. I think it's just something that you like to do, and Hmm. um, if you don't do it, you might regret, and when you do it, you will be happy. So. So well, that's
1: what passion means to me. That's a great answer because sometimes the most unphilosophical answers are the best answers. So if that means, if passion means, if that, sorry, I can't get my words out today. If that is what you mean by passion, that's your meaning of passion. You know, everyone's different. And I think that's a lovely way to say it. If you can't, you know, finding something that you will pursue, regardless of, you know, what happens to you, regardless of, you know, it's how you feel at the end of the day. If you feel a great gravity towards it, then clearly that is your passion. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful answer. So just to say, Irene, thank you so much for coming on to In Pursuit of Passion.
0: Thank you for having me that
1: Thank you so much for listening to that episode of Impositive Passion, produced by Empath Media and hosted by myself Hamish Hallett. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Irene Co. all about how she stumbled into illustration by chance. You can find out all of her links and her work down below in the episode bio. until the next episode of Impossible Passion, keep pursuing the passion and see you in the next one.